episode 360 coming at you live. I was waiting for this because I just really love that number. Mm -hmm. I knew you would. Let's just kick off the show with this story that I just read on Twitter. There has been. <laughs> I love that. Was like a very sinister laugh. I love. Can we get an audio sampling of that that I could just play anytime? <laughs> that was real cute. There was a massive semen explosion <laughs> at a cattle breeding facility in Australia today. There are so many words in there. <laughs> that should not be that, together. That right. I don't so many. Want there to be a massive semen explosion. Ever. That, I mean, like the seventeen-year-old boy in me was like, there was a massive semen explosion in my bedroom a couple <laughs> nights ago. In my like, vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nasty. I mean, or not? Apparently, a fire broke out at this insemination facility where. God. They keep big cylinders of semen. Could you imagine? I wonder how many ejaculations it takes to fill up a cylinder of cow semen. Oh, oh my God. It's so funny you say that because I was reading this really random article on Vice that was talking about a group of people who were like mathematicians who, you know, those those weird word problems that like if, you know, how many cups of water would it take to fill the you know some big body of water and you have to like think about there's like it's like a logic problem with numbers well people did it with sexual stuff they were like (laughs) how many miles of penis has jen jameson (laughs) oh my god and they came up with 26.7 miles (gasps) of penis they like did the math for it it was hilarious so it's like people who like take these numbers and break it down but then they accounted for partners and that number dropped down to 6.7 why do i remember this stuff wow she has fucked the equivalent of a marathon of penises yeah wow totally so that's like what they were doing is they're figuring out all this like math and sex stuff. So that would be a really good question for this. <laughs> for that particular For the group. Hobby. Oh my God. I feel like it's in my history on my phone. Because this is clearly not an article I was going to like, uh, well, not clearly because <laughs> now I've shared it. But was like this, this was not something that I was deep dive? Gonna... It sure is, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> Susie. You know, because the tag BDSM on Vice will give you some really interesting articles. Mm. Okay. Really, really interesting. What percentage of the population do you think is into that crap? Oh, I, they did say one third of the population has Something. kink, like, um, yeah, where they, they like to like be spanked in bed or they like to, you know, use names that are like, it's like safe, safe sort of like, like they're, they they kind of dabble in it, I guess you could okay. say. Okay. How many yeah. do you think are like hardcore Mm, I don't Kinkers. know. It's difficult to say. Just guess. Know. This is what we do. Just oh, maybe. Guess. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> fucking guess, Sarah. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, maybe like ten to fifteen percent of the population. Really? Eight wow. to ten percent. Okay. Maybe eight to ten, eight to fifteen. Let's say that. <laughs> it keeps changing. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I also think it depends on. I think you might see a uh, different. Oh my God, there was so much cool stuff I read in in these articles and learned so much. Like the sexual assault and you'd think that 
with like BDSM people who are into that kind of stuff that sexual assault or those kind of like t- that may be higher, but it's actually lower in that population. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess it could go either way. <laughs> right. Right. Interesting. Mm, super interesting. Yeah. It's so. weird because I really don't relate to it at all, and I'm in. I have really? that mindset of, um, you know, thinking certain things are weird, and. Yeah. <sighs> But you always say there's really no such thing as normal sex or just no sort of thing. typical oh, right. that right. everybody has something or a lot of people have something that's out of the classic traditional. Yeah. I don't, I just yeah, don't get I it. I think so too. Yeah. I just feel like sex is so nice without anything added even. <laughs> oh God. That's so. Not that I, you can't. Like, I'm just, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. In a way, it almost feels like a drug Mm. because I get like an adrenaline rush from the (coughs) excitement and like safe danger sort of. Okay. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I get the adrenaline rush and it really does that there's all in, there's tons of information about this, about like, you know, the, the, that feeling of like. They say that, that, you know, people who are on the receiving end of that kind of stuff in the bedroom will have this euphoric, like, feeling of weightlessness and, like, oh in and here and now afterwards because they're, like, on, like, they had an adrenaline high and now they're, like, in this, like, crash. And, yeah. And oh, there's, goodness. like, oh, yeah. I, I learned so much in my deep dive. It's very well, exciting. Yeah, I mean, if I knew, and that then I was that like, was "Damn, going. I think I might be a member of this community and not know it." And like, <laughs> You're kind of kinky, and like, you just never thought. I'm like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. I guess Pete, whatever you're into, you kind of think is normal. Yeah. So you don't even like like no spanking or anything. Yeah, stuff like that. But I mean, the introducing like, of um, that's kind of like that's like it. Well, I guess I'm referring to when you um, introduce items. Okay, so that's you know, kind of like different. contraptions that... and straps and stuff. Yeah, that's, okay, it. Just okay. seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but there's something about like. So in this article I was reading, there were they were interviewing a uh, Orthodox Jew who runs a. <laughs> online sex shop okay. that caters to that population and we yeah. talked about this in a previous episode about how that is a like yeah they're kinky yes and they were they in the article they were talking about you know simply like the missionary position and how that's <coughs> like you know the regular normal basic like that's kind of like the traditional the vanilla yeah. traditional and so they explore how do you take something like that and make it a little more open and a little more vulnerable and you do that by strapping their legs down or something like that. And it's the same position, but in a more open and vulnerable and like edgy, edgy way. Okay. I get that. Yeah. And I kind of feel like it's anything like it's a, uh, um, you know, you don't just go from like zero to 60. You don't go from like nothing to like flogging and whips and shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, a then it's like, there's, um, I almost feel like all these, like the the Rihanna's Savage by Fenty line. Yeah. That's, it's like BDSM light, mm-hmm. you know? She's got like a, like harnesses and like little whips, but they're like cute and pink and like little like handcuffs and stuff. 
And so there's like this whole new growing market of, you know, really it's like 50 shades of gray and stuff that kind of started oh, that. Oh yeah. Okay. But I think, I think people are a little, you know, people are into it. I mean, and maybe it's more than that. I'm going to have to do a poll. Yeah. An anonymous poll. Like, I know that's hard to do an anonymous one, but you know, I won't look at who's voting yes or no. Well, yeah, you really like don't that. too. You're an honest lady. I know Yeah, that. that's true. But yeah. I, I think the more lady. that that's I'm true. listening to you talk though is what I think happens is what in your mind, wherever the line is for you of like, this is normal. And then this crosses into like, not for me, uh-huh. then you, that's the line that is kinky to you. So like when you said, well, what about spanking? Are you fine with that? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. But see, to me, that's normal and traditional, but that's just because you uh-huh. know what I'm saying. So I, I totally. might be more further down the line than I realized. I just don't like having not all that yeah. crap that I got to clean and everything. Oh, I'm just yeah, lazy. Well, you know, that's, that's what I've that's learned. The, like, like, yeah, that's like another, I almost feel like there, there are so many different levels of it. You know, there's, right. there's just like, like adding adding toys or something like that I think is almost in another category. Yeah, than, that's say, the part like, I'm not into. Yeah. If yeah. you're well, getting down fine. and dirty that's in like your different. sheets though, guess what? You yes. should get Brooklyn in. Tell them about oh yours. Oh my God. Oh, did you see my pictures? Yes. Susie, are they not gorgeous or what? They're <laughs> gorgeous. Tell me about how great it looks. Well, my, when, it looks it looks good unmade. It's so beautiful with the linen sheets. It looks like I'm a catalog. So it does. It feels like that. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh my God, nothing feels sexier than like being in linen sheets. I don't know why. It's like my favorite thing. And they really do keep you cool. Oh, okay. Well, that's good to know. And yeah. And they're I, like, I learned so much stuff about linen sheets. It's the best. <laughs> Sarah's so funny. When I, we went to the antique market the other day and Sarah was like, Susie, I really did have the best sleep of my life last night. <laughs> I did. I'm not kidding. I was like, God, I'm like cool and it feels wonderful and so luxurious. I mean, yes. And I really did have the best sleep of my life. <laughs> they're hotel quality sheets, Brooklyn and Sheets. And, um, but they cut out the middleman. And so you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for them. You get those luxury sheets or towels, bedding um, without the markup. And it's direct to consumer. You can mix and match the colors and patterns. They're so cute and they wash really well and they get really soft. Our Brooklyn and sheets are the most comfortable sheets we've ever slept on. Their towels have turned our bathrooms into spas. I couldn't recommend them more for friends, family, or treating yourself to the upgrade you deserve. Brooklyn.com is giving an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get 10% off and free shipping when you use promo code BRAIN at Brooklyn.com. Brooklyn is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use promo code BRAIN at Brooklyn.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code BRAIN. Uh, Brooklyn, and these are the best sheets ever. Uh, Susie. Yes. Do you want to take a how kinky are you quiz? It's only 12 questions long. Okay. Okay, I'm going to give it to you. I'm scared. All right, play along, people. How do you feel about pain as part of sex or foreplay? I can tolerate pain, but pleasure is more important. Hell no, or bring it on. The first one. I can tolerate, okay, all right. Would you ever like to be tied up during sex or tie down your willing partner? Never or sounds fun? Yeah, sounds fun. Sounds fun. See, I think you're kinkier than you think you are. <laughs> do, you like, do you like hearing or saying dirty words during sex or foreplay? Mm. Watch your mouth, it's hot, or I don't mind if my partner's into it. Ooh, that's a tough one. Because doesn't it depend on your mood? 
Mm, I would say it's not fun. fun. I would say it's fun. Okay. So I don't mind if my partner's into it or it's hot. I would say it's hot. Okay, yeah. She's kinky people. Would you <laughs> consider using sex toys as part of foreplay or intercourse? No, with your I'm not partner? into that. I know scene. your answer. No, it's weird. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not weird. I just oh, didn't. it's not weird. I'm okay, just I should not go into back it. one then. Yeah, they did say they did have the option of like it's just not for me. Damn, damn. Yes, that's what it one? is. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh no, I can't go back. Oh no. Oh Wait, come on. Edit it. You're gonna have to edit. You're gonna have to edit because I have to do this. I really want to get your answer. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> this is so official. I wonder what the yeah, like different. Yeah categories you can end up in yeah i know i want to know okay so would you consider okay so would you consider using sex toys as part of foreplay or intercourse with your partner no it's weird i have all the toys i need built in some toys can add spice or toys are fun exclamation point the second one i have all the toys i need built in okay uh how do you feel about involving food in the sexual act for example licking chocolate off your lover or sharing strawberries with again yummy it's too interesting Okay, one of the options is sounds messy. Yeah. <laughs> that one. I always think of your son when you said like that he wanted to fill the pool with LaCroix and you're like, what could be wrong? And he goes, mm, <laughs> sticky. So that's funny. Yeah. Okay, right. not to involve your son in this conversation, which is weird. <laughs> but anyways, forget I said that. All right. It, oh, this is funny. Is your rear entrance off limits or open to exploration? It's open. Have yet to try, but could be interesting. Okay, back door is open. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about exploring the rear entrance of others? Exciting, now turn around. No thanks, or only if I think it would turn them on. The third one. Okay. Have you ever been or would you like to visit a fetish party or club? No sounds sleazy. Yes, I frequent such events or it can be a fun adventure. I would choose the third one. Okay. We're going to find out that you're the most. Okay. Do you know what <laughs> do you know what SSC stands for? Safe, sane, consensual, sex, saliva and creativity, not a clue or skin sense and contact. Not a clue. Okay. What is I would it? Say safe, safe. I would say safe, sane. I would guess I that, but I don't know yeah. that, so I'm not going to choose. I don't it. know. Have you ever spanked or been spanked as part of a sexual act, or would you like to be part of an act, that activity? Nope, or yes, please. Yes. Yes. Uh, two more. How do you feel about role playing in the bedroom? And no, we don't mean D and D sessions. Rather, sexy doctor, naughty nurse kind of games. Sounds weird or uncomfortable? Not sure, or can be fun. I would say uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm kind of not into like the the. Like, I don't need to pretend I'm Honestly, else. I think this is our problem because of reality TV. Like, we're only good at being ourselves. Oh, this is true. <laughs> I'm a terrible is, actress. I'm, yeah, I'm terrible. I'm, I'm a terrible mm-hmm. actress. It's, it falls in the category of lying. Like, I'm a terrible yeah. liar. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you get turned on by fetish clothing like corsets, latex clothing, and collars? Some things, but not the general style? Nope. Or that's hot? I would say some things. Yeah. All right. Let's see your answer. Okay. Calculating yeah, results. What am I? What Freak? are you? You are, oh, not kinky at all. Oh. You're a pure lover with no need for all the whips and chains and fuss in bed. Experimenting with new things can make things new and exciting, but lovemaking can be great when it's just simple. This is exactly what you said. You're not in <coughs> fetishes or kink and prefer to keep your sex life classy and kink-free. Good for you. I'm surprised it said that, though, because really the only thing I was hard line against were the toys. Man, me too. I'm surprised too. I think maybe that says, you know, I'm like, this is a very unofficial question <laughs> from like playbuzz.com, you know. <laughs> so maybe that says that the majority of population does kind of find yeah. that all fits into a more normal category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because a lot of those for me would be like, yep, yep, yep. So interesting. Yeah. Cool. 
I'll have to take it on my own and see what my answer is. Yeah, I bet it's going to be like, you're a freak. (laughs) She's a super freak. Super freak. Yeah, except I don't don't frequent any of those places. But like in Thailand, I would definitely go. Even though that's terrible and it's like sex slavery practically, but... Yeah, it was not kind of uncomfortable. I mean, oh, it's just yeah, a, it's almost really like a bucket list thing. I feel bad though it, saying it that. was. I know. I it, yeah. Well, it didn't make me turned on, and it did not make Landon turned on either. No, no, he no, was no. More I like don't, terrified yeah. of the vagina afterwards. <laughs> I like, Whoa. Yeah, I don't think it's sexy. I think it's fascinating. Right. <clears throat> um, well, I guess we'll switch gears off off that. Yeah. Good night, Irene. There you go. Um, <laughs> okay. Let me see what would be best for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh you know what? Me. I was thinking of um, the trolley dilemma that you oh, mentioned yeah. about sort of like w- if you had to choose between saving one life or potentially mm-hmm. saving a bunch, what would you do and the ways that humans navigate that dilemma? And then yeah. I was thinking about how I had read an article about animals in space and how, you know... Animals in space? Yeah, how we sent a dog into... Or yeah, we yeah. sent a, a chimp... No, we sent a yes. dog, but the Russians sent a chimp. Oh, and no. it was an Atlantic article saying, like, why did we send a dog and why did they send a chimp? But the larger point was sort of about the consequences to the animal and then what the benefits Ooh. were for us. And I thought, oh, that's an example of the trolley dilemma where you might have to kill an animal, for example, in oh, scientific yeah. testing or in the space program with the hope of perhaps saving people and other animals depending on what the study is you know what i mean this is almost everything false like like you know like when i went to school well yeah when i was in school and i was in my psychopharmacology class and after learning about you know like i was like oh maybe we do need to have a little bit of animal testing which felt really (laughs) uncomfortable and weird to say but the more i dove into like research it kind of was that trolley problem of like what are we really learning from doing all this you know i'm not saying that we need to be like testing you know (laughs) lipstick lipstick on them or anything but yeah yeah it's a cost benefit type of thing for me at least and it's if it's about saving kids from cancer, then I'm, right. I'm going to be fine with like a few mice dying, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But right. I just, it made me think of that dilemma and how that come, it comes up more often than I realized. It's not really hypothetical. We're, we're making those choices all the time. Well, and even in something super simple, like I was uh, scrolling through Instagram and one of my friends had put up this, um, you know, she's real cute. She always does like a summary of her week with her kids and like this little like slideshow thing. And I was like reading it because she's real funny with her commentary. Shout out to Jenny. And uh, she said, I had a real trolley dilemma with my children. This, mm-hmm. I, it was like make one happy or make uh. all like make one happy and two miserable or make all three miserable. Like she had, she had like a, chill, a child yeah. trolley dilemma. And I like commented on her and I was like, oh, you know, smart people will know like hashtag trolley problem and like shout out to your, and then she even went so far as to cite it where she like in quotes, put like the researcher in the year, like a proper, like in-text citation. I was like, "Ah, I like your style girl. Yeah. And I think that it's a good paradigm to observe the ways that we make those choices throughout our daily life or in social situations like the, like the space program. Yeah. But anyway, um, okay, moving on. Do you want to hear about 
why whale songs are getting deeper. Oh. Or why millennials like online dating. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to need to hear both. <laughs> but okay. I'm, let's, let's start with the whales. And I'm going to okay. try to guess. Okay. Are, are they depressed? Or are there noises <laughs> in the ocean that they have to like account for and now that's changed that are like man-made Ooh. noises that they have to change their tones? Well, I will reveal I the know. answer after I tell you why you should wear Ooh. Rothy's shoes. These stylish shoes for women and girls. You guys have seen them on my feet almost every day for years. Um, <laughs> these are my favorite flats. For- They are sustainable, comfortable, washable. Throw them in the washer. When they get dirty, they come out good as new. They're super comfy. They have tons of colors and patterns and prints. They have sneakers and the loafers, and then they have fancier ones you can wear to work. Um, They're made with recycled water bottles. Come on. You're going to love these. I don't know what else to tell you. I've told you so many times. They are so great. It'll blow your mind. And they're your forever shoes, according to BuzzFeed. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash brain candy to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash brain candy today. Um, okay. The answer is unknown, but they have a couple theories. <clears throat> I love theories. The songs of whales have downshifted about three white piano keys so whole notes oh what a um, good way to to like illustrate that. I, I yeah like that. illustrate it yes i like that and they aren't sure if it's like good news that conservation efforts on whales have worked and so they don't have to yell as loud and when they yell their songs get higher pitched oh. so they think so it's like bad if it's higher well, it could be, and it okay, it could okay. be the sense of like I better scream really loud because there's probably not a whale mm. close by. Oh, <clears throat> that's so sad. <laughs> I just picture like that big open ocean and them being all by themselves. Hello, and, hello, hello. Can you hear me? And so, hey, do I have any friends? It could be the case that it's gone lower because they don't have to scream so loud because there are more oh. whales now. This is so nice. that would be good news, or it could be something. Um, Due to the increased acidity in the water due to pollution. Um, I knew we had something to do with it. They think maybe the acidity in the water makes their calls travel further naturally so they don't have to scream as loud. So it could be both. It could be one of those. They don't really know. Super interesting. Yeah, man. I mean, gosh. And I I guess that's the real trouble with the ocean is how mysterious it is and how we really don't know as much as we Mm -hmm. wish. Um, so you can only guess, but we do know there is too much crap in the ocean. That's definitely true. But I think we need, I, I think that people need to see more of that. Like, yes. I don't think people really understand, like when they very casually, you know, like I was overhearing somebody complain about the straw thing yeah. and they were like, then they turned to me to complain about it. Uh-oh. And I was like, you're talking to somebody who has their own straw on a keychain. <laughs> Thanks to Susie. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I was like, you're, at, you're talking to the wrong person. Huh. And uh, I was in a state that wasn't California too when this happened. I can't remember where I was. But I wanted so bad to be like, let me, you know, and then I said, I was like, you know, every straw that was ever made is still out there and like floating around and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, Sarah, get off your soapbox. You're not going to like 
change the world. I think it was at the, like the airport or something. And uh, yeah, so I think if we had, if people really saw that, like I feel like they should be teaching that in school, you know, when you're learning about like the planet and all this stuff, like show pictures of that Texas-sized trash pile that's like floating around the Pacific Ocean or whatever. Nobody yeah. knows what that looks like. You know? Yeah. So you feel like yeah. it's because people, it's too abstract. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I really do. I think if people saw it the same way, you know, remember when you, when, when, when I talked to you about the fatbergs? <laughs> yeah. And you were like, wow, okay, that changes how I kind of see. You know, my, my brother had the same reaction. He was like, okay, I'm not going to be doing that stuff, like contributing to that as much anymore or whatever. And, uh, and so I think when we really know about it and, and see it, then it can change our <clears throat> behaviors. But when it seems like abstract and something that's not, you know, Well, and there's blah, blah, blah. also the issue that I bring up, which is that we're, there's all this pressure for individuals to, for example, stop using straws or to stop flushing your wipes in the toilet. But there's not as much pressure for businesses to... Oh. They put flushable on those things. They shouldn't. I know. Because as a consumer, I'm like, it says. So why is it then my responsibility to be like, no, I'm going to throw it away? Don't, they shouldn't be putting that on there. And so that makes me, (laughs) makes me mad. Well, and it's all the rules that we have in the United States versus other Mm -hmm. countries because they have different rules in different countries about like what's allowed in there. And like, you know, even like I think back to like the microbeads that were in like all the exfoliation products that were like killing fish and like getting into all of the streams and everything like that. Like they had a problem in, you know, all those like, uh, like the lakes of, of, you know, well, I was reading like, even about is, like Lake Erie and like all this. Yeah, well, all of our clothes even that are um, stretchy and fit uh-huh. really nice. The reason is because part of it is plastics, um, right? And so you know, every time we wash our clothes, all that stuff in your lint trap is microscopic pieces of plastic as well. Uh. And then you know that just goes into the oceans as well, and. So, but I just, I hate when the burden is placed on the consumer. I think it's important to be aware and I really make an effort, but I want more stuff to be put on the corporations personally. Yeah. That's a really good, really good point. But yeah. I don't think we're going to get there any, anytime soon. No. I know. It's depressing. But you know what? That's what, as consumers, that's, we do have the power to, you know, you, spend like our dollars where yeah uh, with the companies so i think like being informed and you know like we have sponsors that are sustainable and like you know clothing that's sustainably sourced and all that stuff and like rothy's and all this stuff so i think when you make those decisions of like oh i'm gonna buy this product instead of that that's a way to kind of fight that and you know hopefully take some of the profits away from that company so they're forced to make some changes and i think we're starting to kind of see that and companies kind of following that you know. Yeah, all hope is not lost. And maybe right. the whales are just, they have so many friends yeah. now, they don't need to scream as loud. Right. Um, the dating story was about yes. how people just about your age, so the millennial generation, so from 1981 for 20 years after, they're the first generation that was born right after the disappearance of um these high profile cases of kidnapping and stuff. And so it was this stranger danger generation. And then in addition to that, right about the time you guys were going to middle school, 
by that time we had caller ID and things that prevented us from really talking to strangers in any meaningful way. Um, so we never really develop, or I shouldn't say we, you guys didn't collectively develop as much comfort with engaging with strangers. And so the millennial generation feels much more comfortable in the online setting, especially for dating because it's in the format that they have grown accustomed to. Whereas if they were to just approach somebody at a bar, they feel more anxiety and uncomfortable and don't know how to read the signs. Is this conversation over? Is this person interested? They don't know. I'm 100% fall into this category. Really? Yes, because that is why I like online dating. Because, Or at least something where I get to develop some sort of like... It, I, I was talking to somebody about Tinder and what it feels like, and it feels kind of like you're, it's an online, like you're at a bar and somebody notices you and says like, hey, I'd like to buy you a drink, but you have a little more information and you, it feels safer to say no or say yes or, or but it's essentially like, like that because that's so, really all you're doing is, you know, you don't, you're going off of like, what does this person look like? I have very little information. I'm just kind of picking up their vibe and then you can kind of say yes or no, but it feels like it's, and I do get really uncomfortable with like strangers approaching me at a bar like that or like, yeah, wow. I totally am like this. Uh-huh, I guess it uh-huh. makes sense. But if you didn't grow up in that environment, it feels a little bit odd, almost like there's a underdeveloped socialization situation. Yeah. Where but, oh, people gosh. don't know how to read each other in the flesh. Mm-hmm. That's weird yeah, to me. I think me. you're right. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get, you know, I feel like that with like eye contact, like people don't make eye contact in the, I don't know. It's just interesting. Yeah. But you know, they, there's this book that came out. That's what the article is talking about, how this woman wrote a book to try to teach millennials how to engage in person because they genuinely don't know. Do you know anything that was in there that were like tips? And, like it was saying the said? thing I said, where it's like, you know, tips on how to know if a conversation is over. I am really bad at that. Jesus I'm also, if you can give me some lessons on hanging up the phone, because I don't know how to end it. <laughs> That's ridiculous. But I really, and I get a lot of anxiety ending. Com- really, that's why I don't like talking on the phone, because I don't know how to end the conversation. Oh my God. I feel maybe that's what I'm sensing, because not with you, but with um, certain people I speak to on the phone where I'm wrapping it up and I feel like they should know these are cues like, we're done here. And then they keep fucking talking. Yeah. You guys just want to oh keep gabbing. Oh, what is that? Maybe there's... Okay, so in in therapy, when I work with clients, when somebody is experiencing anxiety, they're, they're, they're often clients, and I'm one of them, who will, who will linger. They yes. Call it, or like, and it is a feeling of anxiety from ending... And hoping that there's an understanding, like the other person, there's this like last minute panic of, does, and I'm, you, I do this with us. <laughs> like I, there's always a moment where I'm like, oh, what was one more thing I had to tell you? Or like, is that it? And like, I have this like panicky moment when I leave of like, 
did I get everything wow. out that I needed to say? Or does she understand me? Or does this person <laughs> like, it's so weird. And I, oh, I have this real bad and, oh, Sarah. and I can like see it in clients and it's like a, and maybe, maybe it's a little bit of oh, like, I, I don't want to say like low self-esteem cause that's not the right word, but maybe like, like insecurity uh, or something. Yes. Yes. It's like an insecurity that, that comes out feeling, yeah. So maybe that's a little bit of that with high anxiety levels in this population too. You might have anxiety too, because your bra is not fitting. I, d- yeah, definitely. And you <laughs> yeah, know what's definitely. funny? I went, because I know what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I went to one of the other leading stores that is like- The competitor. For bras. You, yes. The the woman who has a secret, you know, like- I know her. Call out the store. I you know, know her. her. And they kept on asking me, would you like a bra fitting? Would you like? And I was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> Especially since you're wrong every time. And I know because my comfortable third love bras were the right <laughs> size. Thank you very much. Yes. Sarah must have taken their Fit Finder quiz because you take yep. it and they have, they design bras with breast size and shape in mind for the perfect fit and premium feel. You don't have to go out to a store and deal with all that crap. Skip the trip. Just take that quick quiz. You'll find out what size you actually are. They have a perfect fit promise, so every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it, and they'll donate it to a woman in need. And they're just so comfortable, and you feel like you're not even wearing one, which is really all I want. Um, Lightweight and super thin. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everybody. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash brain now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash brain for 15% off today. Um, I saw a very moving film on Netflix, um, a documentary called Evelyn, which is... um, about a family of four kids, one of whom um, took his own life and mm. the, uh, 13 years ago, and then they never talked about it. And it was just too painful. It's a white family, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. They're yeah. English and they're, you know, yeah, very sense. stoic. And yeah. um, the one of the brothers is a famous documentarian, and he decided to make this about his own family. And it's just really moving and special. Mm. They decided to walk through England because their brother had really loved walking the countryside. And mm-hmm. they went as a family and like grappled with the loss and mental illness and the family dynamics. And it's, I think it's just a wonderful, beautiful film that makes you think about a lot of stuff. It's great. Well, I just love so many things about I love. I love about that is like it's just so great that they did it together. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even after years of pain and, and, you know, maybe not handling it in the right way, there's always an opportunity for growth and for healing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so powerful and can be so beneficial to the family system when everybody is on board. It could be really challenging when only one member of the family is. Mm-hmm. But how healing and how I'm sure it just brought the families so much closer. I'm so excited to watch this because I'm definitely going to check that out. Yeah, and just the resentment that you can build um, with your parents and um, each other. And, you know, if you don't ever deal with it, which, as you said, is very common, especially in sort of white (laughs) Anglo-Saxon traditions, um, it's kind of toxic, 
Yeah. And can really mm. prevent you from growing as a person. And it was just beautifully shot. The walks are so gorgeous, the woods and the greenery of England. And mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. raining through most of the film, of course. Of course. Um, but it was just... Well, that kind of adds to Yeah, it, it was really good. Um, yeah, so it's wow. heavy, though. So, you know, go in knowing that you're going to feel yeah. the feels. Mm. But it was really well, good. N- n- good. Shout out to Netflix, man, because I just watched another... I'm, I have like two episodes left that I'm sure keeps coming up in your recommendations too. The uh, uh, limited series called Unbelievable. Yeah. Have you have you looked into that or oh, seen I've it? I've heard or? all about it. I haven't had oh, the uh, wherewithal. Oh my god, it's good. I know everyone's saying I, that. So I came into that first like thinking like I don't know if I can watch. Yeah, this, that's like, how I this. feel. You know, and then they do, which I, they, they, you know, in the very first episode, they say, like, this is what it's covering, and this is, like... Yeah, beware. ...going to be talking about sexual assault. It's so perfectly done. I almost feel like I can do, like, a, an entire podcast, like, breaking down each episode of what they... The, I mean, it's so perfect well, how that's, Sorry they, to interrupt. That's the kind of thing we yeah. could definitely talk about in our Patreon things we're doing now, <gasps> too. We have to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Watch that, and then like, because I want to discuss it, and I want to discuss, like, what it is they're talking about, the way that the detectives handle it, the way that they cast it. Like, it's so great. It's, like, everything you want Law & Order sexual, uh, Special Victims Unit to be, but, like you know, it isn't like, this is like the real case. And I feel like it's so great that we're, and like, why did it take so long for there to be a, a, you know, movie, a series or whatever that talked about this and like a real, it's just great. And I love it. And I really, 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 like really recommend it. Yeah. I heard in it, the acting is so good and. <sighs> oh my gosh. It's amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. Pardon me. <laughs> Just dying over yeah, here. Yeah, Tony Tony Collette, I think that's her yeah, name. Yeah, that's her she's name. She's a freaking badass. Yeah, she's always good. Yeah, and they ca- I know there are female writers and fem- because they the casting is like all, like women in these great roles and it's just like it's it's I think it's perfectly done. Mm. Yeah, all right, so. I'll have to watch it then too and we can talk about it on our Patreon. We're doing yes. like little fun kind of like we're trying to get into soul searching a little bit more on our Patreon. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm, go there and mm-hmm. check that out. This is like Brain Candy's version of Super Soul Sunday. Yeah, kind but, of. So it's like, like we're yeah. just as dysfunctional as ever, but like totally. talking about stuff that matters because, you know, sometimes you got to do a deep dive. Yeah, you got to be vulnerable. You got to like get into it. You got to talk to people. Yeah. You know. No, I think it's good. Yeah. I was, And then we learned that we all have the same stuff, like, you know, yes. everybody's dealing with stuff and that's real fun and it makes you feel really supported and like it normalizes anything, right? Yeah. I, I love hearing like that. Oh, me too, me too, me too. Yeah. yeah. I was reading about um, just this statistic about deaths of despair. That's what they're calling it. Um, suicide and mm. other sort of like oh, yeah. overdoses and things like that um, mm. have doubled since just the year 2000, doubled. Wow. Um, and it was talking about how we uh, societally might be suffering from a meaning deficit and a loss of purpose. And I really relate to that. Um, And I think a lot of folks who maybe grew up in religion, but then decided it wasn't for them, there's sort of like a void there too. Yes. We, I talked about this. So I guest lectured in a, a class last night and it was on social class and life cycles and aging. And 
uh, we discussed some of, you know, like the, the benefits and, um, uh, like harm, I guess mm-hmm. that maybe that's not the right word, but uh, like of being in different social classes. And, mm. you know, there's this understand like this idea that if you're like upper to middle class or, you know, in this like elite class that, uh, you know, you have all the resources and everything is easy and blah, blah, blah. And which a lot of things are absolutely. But one of the things that the students threw out was this, this sense of meaningless. Yeah. Likeness. And that, they see clients who maybe had all the resources, had everything given to them, mm. you know, didn't really have to struggle, and they have this sense of meaninglessness. Yeah. Like, what do I, what's my, you know, a lot of times we want people who don't have, um, you know, like a, a passion project or are working, or, you know, you think like that trust fund kid who, like, yeah, I, I'll, I always think of like the, the, like who comes to my mind is Shep from um, <laughs> Southern uh, Charm. Uh, Southern Charm, yeah. where like he's like the trust fund guy and you know thinks he's Mister Cool, but I know under there is some depression and a lack of self worth and like uh, you know who am I in all this and a little bit of like yeah I can like see it and so yeah I think that that's know, very I think common. It's interesting to explore. Yeah. Yes, it is, and and if you combine a lack of purpose and a lack of meaning with uh, readily available opioids and oh a mental health system that is broken, that's a bad situation. So yeah, I did read on the upside how um, they have started a program for veterans that they do beekeeping oh. to help them get their mind off the pain and the trauma of war. They, they find beekeeping to be highly effective and they've been doing it since 1919 after World War I. Wow. Which is super cool. And a testament to the ways that working with even animals in general can, you know, put you in the moment. I even noticed that with my freaking cat. Like when I'm interacting with my cat, I'm truly in the moment, you know? Yeah. Well, cool. absolutely. And I think also it's caring for something. Yeah. Right. Is really important. Yes. And it gives you a sense of, of purpose. meaning mm-hmm. and purpose and value. And even if it's like you know, something so small as like a little bee, you feel like you're part of a system. Yes, exactly right. Um, and Sorry yes, to interrupt. Dude. If you uh, have, feel like the money system is broken and your credit card balances are driving you crazy and you want to save some dough, Lightstream might be a great option for you. They are a credit card consolidation loan company and they have great rates as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. They have an application online that's super easy and you can get from five dollars to $100,000 even as soon as the day you apply. Super simple. They just want to help people with good credit that deserve a better loan experience. Uh, just for our listeners, apply now to get a special interest rate discount. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash braincandy, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash braincandy. Subject to credit approval rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply. And offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash braincandy for more information. Um, so that is I almost news. have that memorized. <laughs> When you say it, it's like I say it along in my head. <laughs> I hope everybody does. Yeah. Give it a try. Um, yeah. But yeah, I like whenever I hear distressing news, I'm always glad to hear that when somebody sort of found a, you know, a way to help 
people that are struggling. The beekeeping, who mm-hmm, would have thought? Mm-hmm. But it's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Another bit of good news is, uh, and something I never thought of, is the sexuality. This is a weird sort of thing to say, but the sexuality of people with Down syndrome is often forgotten. And uh-huh. yeah. Down syndrome folks um, could be straight, gay, queer, whatever. Totally. And yeah. we forget about that because we almost don't always we don't talk se- about them we as don't regular allow them people. We to be like, right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And there is this really cool drag show featuring mm. folks with Down syndrome. And oh, hell yes. They are just like working it. I love this. Yeah. Well, I love any time, you know, like we're shining light on the full human experience. Yeah. And not just like, and, and breaking those like, uh, uh, I don't know, these like boxes, breaking down the walls that we've like, of the boxes we've put people in, you know? And I think especially with, <laughs> this is my, my personal opinion here of what I think is going on is I think an uh, individual with Down syndrome often displays very childlike. Yeah. Uh, behaviors yeah. and i think that there's this instinct in us to not sexualize com- sexualize yeah. that and we also have to remember that this is like i remember there was a movie i can't remember what movie what it is but it's i want to say like diane keaton's in it or something like that but there's a daughter who has down syndrome and or i don't know if it's it's not down syndrome there's i can't i can't remember what it is but she oh my god who's the guy in it and she falls in love with uh, another uh, like neuroatypical individual, and they're talking about having sex, and it's like the cutest. He, she says, "Like, who do you think invented sex?" And he goes, "I think it was Madonna." Was, <laughs> That's true. Like, I always remember that line, and it's real cute. And it was like just they did a good job in the movie showing that, like, you know, these like non like n- neurologically atypical yeah. people have a very they have all the stuff we Yeah, do. they have the Feelings, same emotions, desire. Love, desires. Hello. I remember on What is I going to find it on the show Life is. Goes On there was a, a boy a man with down syndrome that was the son and he eventually in the series he got married to another gal with down syndrome and um I remember the scene when they sort of were navigating that sexual world and she said she called him Charles even though his name on the show was Corky. She would mm-hmm. she would say, Charles, turn out the lights, Charles. And he said, why? And she goes, romance. But she had this <laughs> like way of speaking where she would go, romance. And it was like the oh. cutest thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're married and they love each other and they want to be romantic. And mm-hmm. so this is a, another example of that. The, dra- the drag troupe is called Drag Syndrome, which is oh, a cool name. And you should see their outfits. They are just fierce. Oh my gosh, I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really cool. Good for them. Yes. yes. That is a show I'd in, love to see. Oh my gosh, me too. <laughs> in the same uh uh speaking of drag queens, are you hearing all of this uh, this like I guess you call it backlash or whatever, just it, talk buzz about drag queen story hour? No. Oh, yeah, oh. at the libraries. Yes. Yeah. And people are like not happy about this. Well, yeah. Of course. And like protesting. And I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, end of story. Yes. My, my Les is in Pittsburgh. They took their kids and it was super cute. And yes. I would definitely take Link. He would love that. Um, I remember my mom took me to, uh, in, in Santa Monica, they had, 
I mean, it must have been pride, pride mm-hmm. like way back when. I mean, I was probably seven at the time. And we went and saw all the drag queens. It was so much fun. I remember asking questions and my mom being like, yeah, some people just like to do that. And that's how they, you know, express themselves. And as we were watching, I was so fascinated. And a drag queen gave me a Barbie doll that was like a drag Barbie doll. And I loved this thing. Yes. And then I lost it at the car wash. (laughs) And it never, I never found it again. Yes. And I had like conspiracy theories about like someone stole my drag queen bar. I was so mad because it was like one of those Toy Story things, like, like I'm straight out of the movie where it's like, I put him right here <gasps> on her. I put her right here <laughs> on the seat and now she's gone. And like, you know, so. Damn it. Maybe she's like off living her little drag bar. Do you think life she somewhere. was one of a kind or you could still get her? Oh. No, no, no. One. This was a. This was one that they had made. Like, yeah. it was. I can't remember if it was like a Ken doll that they had dressed up and. But we're talking like painted, like hand painted on, like overdone makeup and everything. Like it was awesome. I remember it to this How day. How old in a were blue you when you lost it? So it was. It was like not that long after the show. Oh. Like maybe not show. Like parade. It was like I was probably seven. That sucks. I know. And you really have a conspiracy theory about what happened? I don't know. I just feel like, where did that go? <laughs> I just have questions with no answers. Did you watch the Adam Ruins Everything about conspiracy theories? No. It was really good. But I'm going to. He, yeah. he was saying how um, we're all susceptible, of course, and that yes. members of both parties become more conspiratorial when their party loses power. Like, so yeah. if you're... Well, I totally who get who that. you voted for didn't win, and then you are more inclined to believe in conspiracies. It was talking about the moon landing and telling you why it has to be true and it can't be a conspiracy, yeah. and how um, you know with JFK, there's all these conspiracy theories about the grassy knoll, but yeah. with Reagan, there's no conspiracy theories because he lived, and so it's like, oh, one oh. one guy did it, yeah, that's believable, but. Because JFK died, then it becomes like, it couldn't have just been one right. guy. Right. But it was really yeah. interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I think all those... I watched, I, I watched something recently that was talking about uh, coincidences and how we think yeah. that these unlikely things are actually more likely than you'd think with all the people that exist out there and all, like, you know... I like it, only though. a certain number. It's fun. Don't you find it what the conspiracy theories? No, the more of the coincidence stuff. Like it's just fun to be like, "Ooh, that's serendipitous," Uh, or wonder what the universe is telling me. We always talk about that. Yes, I I love that stuff. Like it can make you more, I think, aware of your surroundings and your world if you're inclined to think there's a rhyme or reason, even if there's not one. Yeah, and you know, I always go back to like sacred geometry. That, you like, always how, go back like, to that. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> like, what I mean is, like, I always go back. What what I think about, like, connection and, and everything like that is, like, when you boil everything down, there is a, uh, um, like, harmony in the universe. Oh, I like that. And we see that. It's like Fibonacci sequence. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. like, and the, when there is order. To, like, you know, that's what I mean. There is, if you just really like look, there is natural order. And I, and also natural chaos. Mm. And isn't that freaking cool? It's like the yin and yang thing, like two sides to every, I love it, man. I didn't read this article, but there was a, a headline the other day that said, 
that a black hole was getting hungrier. Oh, it a weird fucking way to freaked put me it. out. Like, because you said chaos, and that reminded me of just the universe and how it's all crazy. And I'm like, yeah, ever expanding. I probably didn't read it because it would freak me out. But like, whatever, yeah. this black hole is like ravenous to eat us all up. <laughs> oh, I get it. Suze, I have a friend who is, uh, I think she started in a master's program for astrophysics and then left to do something else because she was like, oh, that wasn't challenging enough or something crazy like that. But I remember being like inspired and in uh, my beginning uh, uh, college career, I took, uh, I had the option, like you have to do one physical science or one natural science uh, in your requirements. And I was like, okay, I'll do astrophysics. And that sounds like fun. Fuck that. I dropped out of the class because that feeling of like, I am insignificant. Mm-hmm. Forget it. So then I was like, oh, I'll take oceanography. That seems better. <laughs> no, we know less about that. Yeah, good point. <laughs> like, that was the one, I got the lowest grade they've ever oh. received. Well, second lowest grade I've ever received in uh, that class. I got a C. And I just remember being like, man, I sucked at oceanography. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That was your respite from space too. Yeah, right? And I chose like the... I didn't know. I didn't know. Yes. Fun field trips. Sometimes those stories about the vast unknown can feel overwhelming. Yeah. Or maybe we should just like surrender and think like... Well, that's what Adam Frank said when we had him on. He's an astrophysicist and he said that that gives him comfort because then it's like that thing you're really worried about, it's nothing... (sighs) In the big picture. Think about the big picture and you will realize your problems are not that big of a deal. They're not. But, I mean, I don't listen to that. And if they are, yeah. And if you feel like that, just join us on our Patreon Q&A and we can talk about it. And there you go. Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review and all that jazz. You know what? I just want to say we did right there. Mm. I think both of us sensed that we were like, Yes, Sarah, you know. I know. I was feeling it. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. I can end a podcast, but I can't end a freaking phone call. Uh, Maybe you're just more eager to end the podcast. No, I could do this forever. Yes, people need to buy our merch. How cute is that hoodie? Oh my God. I art like I'm ordering one for myself. Yeah, we ordered you one yesterday. Oh, good. Thank you. And I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to cut it off. I'm going to make it a crop, like a crop sweatshirt. It's going to be so cute. Straight A's. I'm up. Straight A's, no fucks yes, given. No F's given. No F's given. That's freaking the cutest. cutest. You know you all love it. <laughs> love it. And uh, that's where we'll leave today. You know it. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. All right. Bye, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Weave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It.